You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 366. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 366. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. And we're back. And we're back. Right here on the radio, talking to you live. 9.45 in the AM. 9.45? No, actually, it's <laughs> no, two. No. no, it's actually like two. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like 2.06. <laughs> we are coming at you with another episode of the Joy Junkie Show. Why did I say that? I never say it like that. You don't, <laughs> but I kind of like it. Another episode of the Joy Junkie oh, yeah. Show. So this is a topic <laughs> that we actually did for episode one. One. And... Yeah, of course, if you want to go back and check it out, please do. But please know that that was <laughs> seven and a half years ago. Right. And our first couple of episodes, I don't know if you remember this, babe. We had one mic. So we That's were right. passing the mic. Passing the mic. Back and forth with one another. So the sound quality is shitty. <laughs> and I. So it's old school. I don't know as if it's the best. That I have to offer. <laughs> I feel like I've grown quite a bit, grown yeah, considerably, and my expertise so. and acumen and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I digress. The topic is how to get your needs met. And Interesting. This that was is, your first one, huh? It was. Mm. And this is going to apply. Yeah. And actually, this was like three different podcast graphics ago. Like, we've had different podcast graphics. Like, I'm thinking back. I'm like, oh, my God, those colors were so different than what my brand is now. (laughs) Anyway, doesn't matter. But this is going to apply to all sorts of relationships, whether it is a spouse or a business partner, a best friend, a sibling. All sorts of types of relationships can be applicable to the framework that I'm going to share with you today. Okay. Which I think will be really helpful. But... We have a very timely segment that's coming. It actually is timely. It's timely and time. It's, it's time. Both. It's yeah, both. A little bit of both. This is a little segment we like to call. Would you rather? <laughs> I don't know why I love that so much that you do that. <laughs> here's a segment we like. Here's to... a little segment we like to call. No. And today's. <laughs> and today's would you rather is, <laughs> would you rather oh, erase 2020 from your memory completely Oh. or get an extra two years of quality life? Like tacked on to the end of your tacked life? Tacked on to the end. Well, it could be right now, but you have two more years of your life. I think I, think I would take that one. Two extra years? Yeah. Like as – Mm, man, I think it really varies for people what 2020 has been for them. That's true. Because I think to have that just not exist in your life could be really amazing if you 
lost a home or lost a job or were a part of any type of violence or some or of the... died of COVID. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, you know, there's so much grief and yeah. sadness and yeah. trauma that happened over the course of this year. It really is. I'll say for me, it's definitely, you know, I was thinking about this, how... We talk so much about how 2020 is such a shit year and how awful it is. And I think back, like, we had a really shit year in 2014. Yeah. But those were some of the most growth-filled years that I've ever had. That's exactly what I was thinking. And so, although, and also, uh, speaking as white people, I think this has been such an incredible awakening around social injustice yep. in a way that I don't think has landed as palpably as it has until this year because of some other factors like COVID. Sure. Like us being glued to media and social media and things like that and seeing things in such a different light and already experiencing trauma. So I think, you know, I, I feel fortunate that I've been able to work through a lot of the lessons and I know for a lot of people the trauma has been so much more severe, and so I certainly don't want to diminish that. But I think, for me, I would take the lessons, and I would take the learning, and they have been really insightful. And I still feel like I'm juggling stuff with my energy and trauma and adrenal fatigue and stuff like that 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 I don't know if it would have come come up if we weren't in quarantine. Like, I feel like there was this extra layer that I kind of went, dude, I really have to work through some of my issues around X, Y, or Z, you know? So you're kind of taking the ultimate optimist perspective and saying that you're going to grow from this year more than you're going to lose. I, I'm i such a personal development person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you really? Uh, no way. Not to be a coach or anything, but <laughs> I, I think that I would keep 2020 and have two additional years because I feel very strongly that you and I are going to be that old couple and For I sure. want as much time That's with my you plan. as possible. So That works. Well, I yeah. personally would want to erase 2020. Really? As much as, you know, I've had some rough years and I've learned a lot in those years uh, about myself and about other things, but... Are you just being devil's advocate? No. You ask me that a lot. Oh, no. I do. Well, cause, because you. Uh, because, because. You, you like to. A little Cosby in there. <laughs> ah. <laughs> like you like to stir stuff up in your segment, I think. Well, I, I'm really not because this is just my thought. I would rather not have any memory of this year. And I think I would be much more connected to the, the things that are more important. Yeah than the hype of the politics and things like that. Well, I mean, this is one thing to consider. If you had no memory, all of a sudden, Delilah is a full-on dog. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, where'd we get this dog? Where'd we get this extra one? <laughs> and you would have missed. Or if you're pregnant or someone's pregnant right now and they're giving birth this year. <laughs> There's no memory and all of a sudden, like, wait, where'd we get this hey, extra how'd I get kid? a one-year-old? But yeah, you would, have mi you would miss all of Delilah being a puppy. Which it's has true. been so rewarding. It's true. It has. All right. I'm still going to stick with the race in 2020. Okay. Well, we would love to hear what you would rather. Were you going to go into that? I was. Very, I'm going to let you go. Very good. After seven and a half years, you think you might have a good? 
<laughs> Wait, can you can you talk about it? No. <laughs> no, you do it. <laughs> okay. Because I have to do the other part. Oh, all right. Well, we would love to hear what you would rather. We talk about it every single week in our After Hours community. After Hours. Which is our Facebook group, and it's super fun. Everybody is so incredibly supportive, and on Mondays we discuss the Would You Rather. Everyone kind of gives their little reason why and their explanation, and then Mr. Smith will sometimes crack down on people who are like, neither one, man. And it's like, that's not how the game <laughs> that's works. Not how it, that's not how it Get works. Get out, delete. That's not how it works at all. But I do additional trainings every month where you can ask questions like, hey, so – Remember that episode about getting your needs met? I have this situation with my business partner or my sister. What would I do if this happened? And you have the opportunity for me to answer those on those monthly trainings. We do warm, fuzzy Wednesdays. It's all sorts of fun. So if you would like to join us, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. And that will redirect you right over to our little corner of Facebook. We would love to have you. I would. We would. So let's jump in and talk about... How to get your needs met. Mm, okay. And I'm curious, as we go through this, if you have any insight on some of these tactics or suggestions based off of the things that have worked really well for you and I. Okay. Okay. So a lot of what I'm going to be sharing with you is around looking at the deeper reasoning behind the needs that you have and having a significant amount more awareness around what you're talking about because most of the time what happens in any type of relationship is we're disgruntled over a need not being met yeah right and so we just kind of stand in this blame place of well if they would just run the finances better in our business or if they would just do more work around the house or if they were more romantic or if they planned more stuff for the family or whatever it happens to be we tend to stand in that blamey, blamey place instead of looking at all of the pieces that are actually within our control hmm. and the ways that we can advocate for those specific needs in a way that we're setting people up for success. So ultimately, we can't make anyone fill our needs. We can't make anyone do anything. Sure. However... A majority of the time, the way we're communicating and coming at people is not setting them up for success. So we will like yell and scream at them, tell them why they're doing everything wrong. That never makes someone want to meet your needs. No, no, it doesn't. Like, oh, okay, cool. I can't wait to be what you need. Not in the history of needs being met. Not in the history. We can say that <laughs> on good authority. Or there's this other thing that happens where we think maybe if I just don't say anything, things will magically change. Hmm. One of the things I hear a lot inside intimate partnerships is this idea of they should know. Mm -hmm. She should know. He should know. They should know. Yep. And nobody is a mind reader. And most people are walking around thinking about themselves and what's going on with them. They're not as acutely aware. In fact, that's something you and I have talked about a lot because you you process a lot internally. And there are things that you, the way that you express things is so different than me. So, for example, if I'm totally stressed out, it's going to be very clear. I'm demonstrative. <laughs> I'm gregarious about it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so stressed and I just can't take it. And you will say <laughs> stuff like, I'm just, 
I'm feeling the weight of a lot of things, you know, <laughs> or I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed and you're not wearing it all over your physical body. Yeah. So then if I ask you, hey, would, would you be up for doing X, Y, or Z? It doesn't register to me that that's going to be so much more on your plate because you just said I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Because your expression looks different than mine. Because uh-huh. I'm like, oh, if it was really bad, he would be way more dramatic. I'd be really <laughs> frantic right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we've kind of had to learn about, oh, okay, we need to emphasize I just explained to you how overwhelmed I am. <laughs> I need you to acknowledge that even though it looks different than yours does, I'm still really, really stressed out right now. And we'll talk a little bit about how to frame that as well. Cool. Okay. All right. So number one is we're going to separate ourselves from all of the blame. And we're going to start with acknowledging and taking ownership over how you truly feel. Okay. So one of the things that I think is really important to do here, especially when you're trying to get your needs met, is most of the time we don't want to look at how we really feel. So we try to just look at the surface issue instead of the root issue. So for example... I'll give an anecdote from us years ago. There was a situation where you ate all the chocolate-covered almonds. Yes. I will never live that (laughs) We, (laughs) And it's not like we have an exorbitant amount of chocolate-covered almonds running around. (laughs) We're very territorial about our food, but we happen to have... That was actually a big container. (laughs) That was a decent-sized container of chocolate almonds. That was a lot of almonds on your behalf. But there was... You basically finished all of them i did yes thank <laughs> and you and this happened for to be me. a communal chocolate covered almond yeah back when things were communal yeah <laughs> we don't have communal <laughs> food very much at all anymore and i asked you like where are they you know and you told me a lie you you i was going to say a half truth and then i was like no it was pretty no, much no truth pretty at much all a lie yeah pretty much full on lie And then I found the container, like, next to your bed. (laughs) Now, the surface issue in that sort of a situation is fighting over you ate the last of the almonds. Mm -hmm. Okay? The root issue is the dishonesty. Right. The root issue is I don't feel as though you are being honest with me. And that makes me concerned that... If you're willing to fib about something like this, what are what are other things that you might be withholding from me? Sure. But then you also had to talk about the root issue for you. So the root issue for you was this whole thing from childhood yeah. of having to hide candy because your dad was such a dick about everything. Right. I mean, maybe you could speak to that a little bit better. Than no, you're me. doing a great job. Okay. But that was the thing, right? Like you weren't allowed to have candy. So any candy you had, you had to buy on your own and hide it? Yes. Well, I just felt like I had a paper route. I was a very industrious kid. And I had my own money. And I could spend my money the way I want to spend my money. But my dad wanted control of my money. So a way for me to have control was to use my money at the end of my paper route to get some food, bring it back and hide it, and then show him like this is what I made in tips, right? Right. So it was a way for me to have a little bit of control of my finances right. at that age. And when you're little, that's what you want to – that's the the rogue thing to spend money on is right. like 
chocolates Chocolate and candies magazines. And yeah. So if you and I, in that scenario, were just going to bat over, I can't believe you ate the last of the almonds, we would not be getting at all to how the two of us feel about the scenario, about the mm-hmm. situation, our actual emotions. And that's vulnerable. So that's why so many of us choose to talk about the surface issue, right? right. So let's say it's a business partner. And I've had this before with my my very best friend where I felt like I was taking on a lot more of the work, right? Well, it could be very easy for me to go, oh, I don't want to have to send out that email. Why can't you send out that email? You know, we could argue about the email. But the real root issue is I don't feel respected in this relationship. And it's not until you address that root issue of how each of you feel or how you feel in that scenario that, that you can then advocate for a true result, a true remedy. Because otherwise you're just talking about surface shit all damn day. Yep. And so that's what I would encourage you to start thinking about. What are the things that you complain about inside of your relationships, regardless of what they look like, intimate or friendship or whatever? What are the things you complain about? What is the surface issue? And then what's the real issue? And it's usually what, what that says to you, what, how you interpret that action, what that means to you. For example, if you're the one in a friendship who always has to reach out, and plan stuff. That might be the surface issue. I'm the one always making the plans. The root issue is how you feel about that. (laughs) It's that I feel as though I am not valued in this relationship. I don't feel supported. I don't. And so then you can advocate for that. Right. And so that it's really important that you start digging underneath and talking about that root issue. That's great advice. Yeah. So that's the first item of business for you because if you don't do that, you're going to be standing in this place of blame. Well, he just always eats the damn almonds or she just always dumps all that work on me. Instead of looking at how can I truly express the things that need to shift. All right. So number two is to define your specific request. Now, this is where specificity is imperative. Remember I was talking about earlier, a lot of times we have this notion of why can't you just see how stressed out I am? What, like, wouldn't you, when I just said this, <laughs> wouldn't you interpret that to mean I better help out a little more around the house or maybe I can help him with his laundry or maybe I could, why don't you interpret that the way I want you to see it, Right. But most of the time, we're not walking around thinking through inferences. We are thinking through literal direction most of the time. Sure. So if somebody says something to you like, I could just really use more romance, it's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Right. Do you want- What is romance to you? Is that sex? Is that more dates? Is that a love language thing? Like- Words of affirmation is that is that a hike? Even you know, like it could be many, many. That's right. Is it a is it quality time like a hike? Yeah, and I actually did this recently with a student in Deep Down and Dirty, where we were going through this whole list of things of requests that she had for somebody in her life, and I kept drilling her down over and over and over again, like more specific, more specific. So even if, for example, your Uh, love language is words of affirmation 
tell your partner exactly what you want them to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had a situation like that many, many years ago where when I was really struggling with anxiety and hadn't really gotten any support for it, there were days when I could kind of muscle my way through it and talk my way out of it, but Mm -hmm. it took everything out of me. And so a majority of the time, I would just let the anxiety win. And I just kind of, I felt like, just let it just I'll just let it go because even though it's uncomfortable, it's familiar. Sure. And so I would come home and you would say I would say, oh, I had a really tough day today or it was really I was really, really anxious today. Lots of heart racing. And you would say, do you remember what you would say? I don't. <laughs> Good thing I do. <laughs> you, you would say. You can do this, babe. Oh, you yeah, can okay. you can talk yourself out of it. You can you really can do it. Now, I'm sure on your side that sounded very encouraging. Very cheerleader-esque. Right. For sure. Like I'm winning at husband. On my side, the way I'm interpreting that, the way it's landing, is I'm going, Well, I just had a day where I didn't do it. So all those things that I could do, I didn't do it. And I don't want to hear about how I could have had a better day. Yep. And so it's super, super frustrating in that way. But also, if I were to retaliate and be angry with you when you're genuinely trying to be supportive, that's also not helpful. It'll turn the person off from wanting to be helpful again. Right. They're like, well, I guess I can never say anything right. Mm -hmm. So why the fuck would I even try? So in that situation, I told you, I really appreciate you encouraging me. Here's what I would love to hear. Here is the specific phrase. It's okay, babe, that you didn't get it today. You'll get it tomorrow. And you started doing it. I did. And that was so much more encouraging to me. It's crazy how that works. It, it, It really does. And I think a majority of people in their relationships, if you give them specifics, like this is how you can win with me. This is what I would really appreciate. This specific phrase to say to me or this specific action would be so incredibly helpful. People get stoked. They're like, thanks. Fucking good to know. I'm glad that I don't have to be a mind reader. (laughs) Okay. So let me just play the other side of the coin for a moment. What if, let's say in that scenario, you told me to say something and then I said it and then you said, you're just saying that because I told you to say it. Yeah. Well, I think that, well, that's a very, very good point. And I think it also depends on the nature of the relationship and everybody taking ownership for what they're saying. So if if I were to say that, I don't think that that's fair because you are actually doing what I asked. Right. But like, let's say the person says, well, you really don't mean that. You're just saying it because I asked you to. Right. Well, that's another one of the pieces is just because you request something doesn't mean you're going to get it. Mm. Right. And that that becomes a completely different troubleshooting thing. Okay. Right. So let's say you are requesting more support from a colleague or from a boss and you're really laying it out like these are the things that I really need to feel supported and they say I'm so sorry but it's just not in the budget we can't do it then it becomes a different decision then it becomes how can I tolerate these terms 
Can mm-hmm. I tolerate this person not really giving a shit about saying what I need them to say? Then it's a completely different issue. But both people have to genuinely be interested in the other person's well-being. But I also think that it's entirely unfair when a partner really is putting in an effort and you punish them for putting in the effort. Yeah, exactly. So in those sorts of situations like you just mentioned, I encourage people instead of retaliating and saying you don't really mean that, to give them a cookie and say, (laughs) thank you so much for saying that. Thank you. Even if you think it's not genuine, it's amazing what can happen when you say, hey, I see you trying. Yeah. I really see you trying. I think that's the point I was trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And, And maybe they were really disingenuous or, you know, and there might be other stuff to work through, but you at least need to give people the opportunity to be what you need. I like it. And if you are not specific, they are just kind of throwing shit at the walls to see what sticks, <laughs> which is a horrible visual. It's a horrible visual. All right. So def- smell. define your specific request. In work relationships, this usually looks like very definitive time frames, deadlines, quantities of work, amount of support, the people that you need to check in with you from this time to that time or on this day to that day or whatever it might be. Make it as linear and quantifiable as possible. So you can't say things like, I just need more support. What is What the fuck does that look like? You need to say, I need somebody to take the Jones report. <laughs> and I need, <laughs> I, need report. I need the Jones report completely off. I need somebody to take this the, – TPS reports, I need them to take this account or whatever, really being very specific, or I need to come in two hours later, or I need an extra day off. You have to be very specific about what that request is. Okay. Okay. So number three, be ready when you express this request to outline the depth of the importance to you. What you don't want to do, and I find that this happens for a lot of people who are not necessarily assertive, if you tend to be a little bit more of a people pleaser, or uh, a lot of times this is women, where they just kind of diminish what they're asking for, and they're not quite as assertive. But even in your your example of, I'm feeling really stressed, I'm feeling really overwhelmed, you might have to underline the depth of the importance of how big of a deal that is to you. So it could be if I'm not getting it, right, if I'm not, which I didn't, for you to say, I don't know if I'm expressing just how much this is weighing on me. I don't know if I've been clear of how much downtime I need. Yeah. What I should have said is I need 30 minutes to decompress or Whatever. Like you need to express the depth of the importance. I realized this many years ago when we had some friends who were going through a divorce and the one of the partners had expressed over and over again the things that she needed in the partnership. What she failed to do was to say, I am so serious about this that I don't see us lasting another year if things don't change. Hmm, wow. There was yeah. no depth of this is a deal breaker or this is a big, you know, in a work relationship, it might be I can't see myself continuing in this role 
if I don't get the support that I need in these couple of ways or I'm truly headed to towards burnout and I'm not going to be able to work at all if I don't get some support, right? So I think sometimes we think, oh, I've said something. Oh, I've said I, – I, I brought it up. At least I brought it up. <laughs> but then sometimes we bring it up as a joke or, sure. you know, oh, it would be nice to get some help around here. But we don't really say – I'm not going to be able to last in this friendship or in this family or in this whatever Yeah. if some of these things don't change. And it doesn't always have to be an ultimatum. It could be as simple as stating something like, I get the sense that perhaps you aren't feeling the weight of how important this is to me. It could be even stating things like that. Or I'm sure this is not your intention, but I'm not feeling fully heard about this concern or I'm feeling a bit dismissed or that it's not on your radar as as important as it is to me and one thing that you and I started doing that was kind of like a code word a code phrase in our relationship was I feel like you're not making it important Mm -hmm. and that was like our clue to go oh pay attention this is really important to them (laughs) I better start paying attention and sometimes it's little things like I know I think you were holding me accountable to go to some doctor's appointment or something that you were concerned about like a skin cancer or something or I remember and I was just like yeah yeah I'll make an appointment yeah yeah I'll make an appointment and then that's when we started you saying I feel like you're not making it important you don't think it's important so you're not making it important yep. which feels dismissive to me and so we were able to kind of put that phrasing like oh because it was easy for me to brush off that task, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. if you're not coming at me, grabbing me by the shoulders going, please make a fucking appointment. <laughs> sometimes it, you're so calm and chill that I don't. it doesn't register to me how important it is to you. Right, right. So that's really, really important. Be ready to express the depth of the importance. Number four, this is just a sidebar. This is kind of a please stop doing this. <laughs> stop saying that things are fine or okay if they are not. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. And a lot of times we're in a volatile place and so we're not ready to get into it. You know, like for example, let's say you're in a work relationship and you're feeling super overloaded and somebody comes in that has been overloading you and giving you your boss or something, all these extra things, and you're in a pissy mood, and they say, is there something wrong? And you're like, no, no, I'm fine. Because (laughs) you know that if you start getting into it, you're probably going to blow a fucking gasket. Yes. So here's what you do in those situations. You don't have to address it right then, but you can start by acknowledging where you are emotionally and then make a mini request. Okay. Okay. So you say something like, to be honest, I am incredibly overloaded right now. I'd like to discuss it later. And that's your that's your mini request. You're not asking for the big, here's how I want to change the workload, but you're saying, I need 30 minutes, or I would love to discuss this on Tuesday, but you're at least acknowledging that something is awry. Okay. Which is incredibly important. At the very least, you can you can take it back. Like if you say, everything's fine. Actually, everything's not fine, but I, I'm i afraid if I talk about it right now, I'll take it out on you. That's good. So let's circle back yeah. later or let's talk tomorrow after I've slept on it and beat the shit out of my punching bag in my gym, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. 
But please, for the love of God, stop saying it's fine, sweeping it under the rug, all of that bullshit when it is clearly not. That's a that's a fester waiting to happen right there. So that little formula right there is just acknowledge where you are emotionally and ask for something small. Let's talk about it tomorrow is usually the case. Number five, as you are preparing to ask for the things that you need from this other person, forecast all possible responses. Okay. Right? So, for example, you brought up that great response of saying what somebody wants to hear but not necessarily being into it. Right? Okay. Yeah. So forecasting that and going, oh, okay, they might say it in a way where I know they're just saying it and they don't really mean it. What you have to understand is that's the surface issue. The root issue is they're actually fucking trying. Right. Right? Right. So at least they're listening and they're trying. They may or may not be in that place, but at least they're trying. So you can go, okay, if they do that, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, thank you so much for making an effort. That means the world to me. You might be surprised how much that elicits more positive (laughs) communication. Most definitely. But prepare. You know, let's say you're going to talk to your boss about your workload and you forecast all of the possible ways that they might respond. They might be dismissive. What do you want to do in that respect? They might be super embracive. How do you want to handle yourself then? They might be uh, really mean and blamey. How do you want to handle yourself then? So getting ahead of all of those possible foreseeable situations and mapping out, okay, if this happens, here's how I would want to proceed. It helps you get ahead of it so that you're not caught like deer in a headlights. And this is something that I do with my students in Deep Down and Dirty all the time because most of them are coming from really ingrained behavioral patterns that are either perfectionism or people-pleasing, lots of self-doubt. But a lot of that people-pleasing of, I don't want to cause this disruption in this relationship. I don't want to ask for this from my boss. I don't want to deal with this with a friendship. And so we're, we end up unhappy or frustrated in some way, but we're not actually taking any action that could rectify it. Right. So this is something that I think is so incredible about Deep Down and Dirty is there's a fully structured 12-week curriculum that gives a whole litany of tools and and strategies and hypnosis to help rewire the mind and all sorts of incredible things. But then they have me as a resource to say, hey, here's what just happened at my work. And we can start looking at, okay, what's the surface issue? What's the root issue? Here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm hearing from you. Here's what I'm hearing from that person. What do you want to do about it? Here's how you go about it. Here's how you say that. Mm -hmm. And get those scripts down. That's right. So there's very personal specific things that I can't necessarily map out in a curriculum. But, you know, somebody could come to me and say, you know, this is going on with my partner. How do I what do I even do about this? And then I can listen to the behavior of the other person and then we can troubleshoot it in (laughs) such a different way. But one of the things that I see consistently with with students in Deep Down and Dirty is the unbelievable amount of pride and personal power that they feel when they start making decisions based off of what they truly need. 
So instead of writing off all of these needs of like, oh, I'm being too clingy or I'm being too emotional, I'm being too sensitive, a lot of the stuff we talked about last week, they go, oh, no, no, no. I get to desire these things in my relationship because I fucking love who I am. Yeah. And that's, that's the major, major through line. So if you are interested in that and you want to shift those things and you are so sick of letting everybody else's opinions be more important than yours, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That chronicles the way in which I work with people through Deep Down and Dirty and have a pen and paper ready. We talk a lot about the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, why some of the stuff that you've tried thus far hasn't worked. But you'll hear from a lot of my past students and the changes that they've been able to create by going through this very battle-tested, time-proven process that I've been teaching for years now. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That's your first item of business. See if it resonates with you. And then at the very end, you'll have an opportunity to book a complimentary call with a member of my team to talk specifically about if Deep Down and Dirty is the right solution for you. Mm. Okay. Uh, you can also grab that link in the show notes page. All right. So we've got forecast all possible responses. Number six, be mindful of when you broach the conversation. Oh, yeah. That's classic. And this takes a little emotional intelligence on on your behalf for both you and the other party. So noticing, am I truly in a place where I can have a conversation about this and be calm and be respectful and be kind and assertive? And is the other person most likely to receive me or be receptive? Yes or no? And that can be really tricky if it is your boss who just got her ass chewed out by her boss. It's probably not the best time to talk to her. Or if it's your sibling who just handled a bunch of stuff for the family who's feeling resentful and pissy, it's probably not the time to ask for additional needs to be met. (laughs) So you have to look... not ask for anything from that person. Right. For a minute. You need to be mindful of the space that the other person is in. Because I think sometimes we get so bolstered and worked up that like, ooh, I'm ready to go ask for what I need. And we disregard the emotional place that other person's Mm in. Mm -hmm. Like you want to talk to your partner and they just got home from work and they are beat and they had a long ass commute and they're exhausted and the kids are pulling on them or whatever it might look like. Being mindful of the space that the other person is in because a piece of getting your needs met is setting up the scenario so that it best serves you. It's like – Yeah, make it a win-win. It's like when you do experiments and you need the proper conditions, right? Like you need all the proper conditions to run the experiment properly. So keep in mind, are all the conditions conducive to having a productive conversation? Hmm, Okay. And then finally, number seven, you deliver it. Very simply, you deliver it, you state your request, and you state it with grace and kindness. Now, I have done a litany of other podcasts on things like this, so I'm going to link into the show notes an episode on emotional intelligence, a recent one we did on speaking up for yourself, and another one on tough conversations that might be really, really helpful for you. Actually, I think I'm going to also link to some communication hacks that might be advantageous for you as well. So let's talk about this. Quick little recap. Number one, acknowledging and and having ownership over how you feel. So you are looking for the root cause versus the surface issue. Number two, 
being specific, super, super specific. Number three, be ready to express the depth of the importance to you. Number four, stop saying that things are okay and fine if they are not. Number five, forecast all possible responses that you might receive and Mm -hmm. be ready for them. Number six, be mindful of when you broach the convo. And number seven, deliver and state your request with grace and kindness. Some wonderful tips. Seven ways, seven steps towards getting those needs met. And again, if you struggle with a lot of these different aspects or, oh my gosh, well, I don't believe that I even deserve to speak up or deserve to get my needs met, that is a self-worth issue. That is my wheelhouse. Please Mm -hmm. go check out that workshop. Again, it will be in the show notes for you as well as some of the additional episodes. And I've seen it happen Hundreds of times with people who thought they could never stand up to their sibling or a parent or an adult child or, I mean, fill in the fucking blanks. And they have found that internal piece of believing that they are are enough and then the external piece of how then do I communicate the needs that I have in this world. So it's possible for you too, my friend. Anything else you wanted to throw into the space? Hmm. No, I I think this is just one of those pieces of – communication when people say what's the secret to a good relationship and they say communication this is one of those pieces that's right it's it's just a more detailed piece of that it's not just the the hashtag right yeah it's the it's the the detailed piece and that's the hardest part to actually do yes because you either don't want to offend them you don't mark a boat whatever it might be right but it's so interesting once you do how things change Right. Once you take that step, once you just break that ice, it's way easier. To... Yeah. And, and people are usually more receptive than you think they're going to be it's, if you come from that place. It's incredible because most of the time you're standing in that place of blame. Like, right. oh, they're, they're just so shitty. If they would just right. do this different. And you're not thinking about the power you actually have. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many students have come back to me going, Oh my God, this works. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, this works. Right. I can do it. I can actually ask for what I need. I it's can empowering. Ask. It really, really is. Yeah. And and I love what you said about about that cliche statement of communication is what makes yeah, yeah, things yeah. work. But we don't know what that really looks like. Exactly. It's like uh, you saying I need more support in this. Right. Right? These are the detailed pieces that actually make communication worth worthy. Yes. And that that is one of the one of my absolute favorite things that I do with Deep Down and Dirty is I'm like any time you don't know what to say <laughs> or you're in a sticky situation and you bring me the scenario and I will tell you exactly how to approach it. Like it's one of those things that I love, love, love doing. Yeah, you do. Here's what you say. Here's what you do not say. Do not take the bait. Don't, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, it really lights me up. So anyway, check out that workshop and uh, you'll know very quickly if Deep Down and Dirty is right for you or not. And I think that's it. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out.